We all turn with me in your Bibles to Amos chapter 8, verse 11. On the other side of your announcements or notes, today's message is hungry for God's word. Hungry for God's word is the title of today's message. Like always, all of our messages are recorded and placed free on the internet at metropraise.org. You can download them and put them on your handy dandy iPhone or whatever MP3 player you have. Also, we webcast live across the country and world and whoever tunes in to us. So if you never can make it to a service, go to our website and you will see us live as Pastor Amit is watching us right now. Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Somebody say, hungry. Come on, say it like you're hungry. Say, hungry for God's word. You all got quiet on God's word part. Let's try this again. Let's say, hungry. Come on, somebody say, I'm hungry for God's word. There you go. Don't forget that part. Amos chapter 8, verse 11 is a prophet of the Old Testament. That means this is before the time of Jesus. He's speaking to the Jewish nation who has received the law of Moses. To give you an idea of the time frame, this is about a thousand years before Jesus, about a thousand years after Moses. So right in the middle of what God was doing. Amos is now rebuking the people of his day because the people of Israel had the Ten Commandments. They had the law of Moses, what we call the Pentateuch, also known as the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament that Moses wrote. Uh, Roses, that Moses wrote. He also had the book of Psalms and other writings. And guess what the Israelites were doing with those writings? They were not obeying them. They were not keeping the commands they were taught. After a while, God began to warn them. He sent a prophet to them like Isaiah. He said, hey, guys, you need to get back to the word of God. Remember what Deuteronomy 28 says. If you don't listen to God's word, he said he'll curse you. He'll give you over to other nations. He will not bless you. And they didn't listen to Isaiah. Jeremiah came and taught them the same message, but they didn't listen to Jeremiah. By the time of Amos, Israel is now a divided nation. Ten tribes are known as Israel. The other two tribes are known as the nation of Judah, where Jerusalem was. At the time of Amos, Israel is now already in captivity in Assyria. A lot of these names got me a little tongue-tied today. Somebody say Assyria. In Assyria, they were already suffering God's punishment, but now there's two tribes left, known as the tribes of Judah. And so you think, after watching your big brother get punished, that you would now obey what Father had to say. But does Judah do any different? No, they continue in their own sin. They continue to reject the Word of God, and they don't consider it a privilege to have God's Word. They actually think it's a curse. Why do we have to keep the commands? These guys get to have sex whenever they want. And our God tells us, no. Mm. Oh, we, get, we can't get drunk. We can't steal like the Babylonians. Mm. And they began to have a little pity patty party. And God said, hold on, you don't understand. You've been blessed because when you keep my word, you avoid all of the other evils and tragedies that come along with it. How many know adultery doesn't have good outcomes, my friend? How many know alcoholism doesn't have a good outcome how many know stealing and being covetous and disobeying your parents doesn't have a good outcome the bible says the commands of the lord are not burdensome they are not a heavy weight laid upon our shoulders but rather they are joy to the soul giving life to the person who keeps them amos chapter 8 verse 11 now teaches us what god is saying to these people who've rejected the word 
Verse 11 says, The days are coming, declares the Sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Men will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. In that day, the lovely young women and the strong young men will faint because of thirst. See, I want to talk to you today about being hungry for the Word of God. I want to first give you the insight today of what the Word of God is, what you have today in your hands. You are holding 66 individual books that were written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different authors on three different continents in three different languages, and yet they never met each other, and it's without contradiction. That's the book you have in your hand. Your Bible, which we call the Holy Bible because it's sacred in Bible-meaning book, it's not only just wishful thinking and myths that go alongside of Peter, Pan, and Zeus, but it is a book that is sacred because it's verified by the hundreds of prophecies it predicted that have come true. Read about the nations God said would never exist. They don't exist. Read about how God said he would raise up the nation of Israel in the last days and look at 1946 and how Israel became a nation again. Look at the person of Jesus and the 300 prophecies that contain, uh, pertain to him alone and you'll see that the Bible is unique in its prophecies. Number two, the Bible that you're holding has authority and power. What other book are people teaching in America that will set people free from drugs and alcohol? The Buddhists aren't bringing the Tao Te Ching around. The Hindus are not bringing the Bhagavad Gita. But there's a Christian man by the name of David Wilkerson waved a Bible in New York and said, this book will set you free. Because it comes with power and authority, not through holy jihad of the Quran based in the Muslim faith, but it comes through the power of the Spirit. As God said, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. The Bible also declares itself to be true because of its historicity. Everybody say historicity. That means it doesn't just take place on some faraway planet with faraway make-believe characters like Avatar. It takes place in a real world. We just found pottery that now dates back 3,000 years, older than the Dead Sea Scrolls, proving the atheistic scholars wrong that the Hebrew Bible was written in that time period. We find the inscriptions of our kings. We find the very places where we say geography locations should be. And even when historians tried to come up with reasons not to believe the Bible. Many of them were uh, converted to the Bible when they saw its historicity, its place within history. It's a real Bible, my friends. It's not make-believe. Also, the Bible is made up of the integrity of its witnesses. That means Joseph Smith didn't say, Thou shalt give me all of your wives. This is not some religion based upon the, the sinful nature of a man or a person. You follow the writers in their stories. Peter was crucified upside down for his belief. John was boiled alive. These are the writers of your Bible. You see, the life that they lived showed that what they believed in must have been true to them. 
And lastly, what produced this Bible was the undestructibility of it. Because in every generation, whether it was the Roman pagans, whether it was communism, whether it's Islam today, they've always tried to destroy it, and yet it's still on the bestsellers list and always will be. And Jesus' name is the most popular name in the whole world. And Christianity grows eight times faster than the rate of birth. So every time somebody is born, eight more are getting born. Born again, glory to God. That's the Bible you have in your hand today, friends. I get excited talking about the Bible. I came to preach, amen? Woo! But the Bible says that during the time of Amos, that God said there will be a time when they won't be able to find the Word. And my friends, as hyped up and as excited as we are about our Bible, I want to make the same prediction today based on this scripture and by Paul as he said in the last days people will turn from sound doctrine to itching ears to hear what they want to hear. My friends, I want to give you this today. I think that the Bible is hard to find in our culture. You want to know what the first textbook in American schools were? The Bible. Do you want to know what you had to believe in to be a politician, no matter how corrupt we say they are today? But back then, you know what you had to believe in? The Bible. Why do you think they had to put their hand and swear on it? Because you had to say, I believe in it and I'll uphold it. My friends, but now we've taken the Bible out of our schools. What have we replaced it with? Metal detectors. We've taken the God-fearing Ten Commandments out of our court systems. And now what do we have? Legal abortion on demand. Over 50 million children have died. Do you know that one time at MIT, a technical college here in America known for its great ability to be deep thinkers, they came up with this idea. They said, let's give a test to people with the ability to cheat. We'll let them sit next to each other. We'll leave little documents around the the classroom, something that would just really tempt them to cheat. And here's the thing we'll do. One, we'll just sit in and take the, class, uh, take the test, as is, no, nothing before or after, just go in and take it. Another group, we'll just have them recite the Ten Commandments. This is a secular college did this last year in 2009. Just recite the Ten Commandments before they take their test. Do you know that those group of people that recited the Ten Commandments, half as many of them cheated, less people cheated after they read the Ten Commandments. The MIT study proved that when people were conscious of the law of God, they tended not to want to cheat. Now, does that make sense? That makes sense to me. Because if you take away the law, people become what? Lawless. So now you have Bob and Ted, and they want to get married. Why? Because there's no law that says it's evil anymore. Homosexuality now is okay. Why? Because Will and Grace said so. Our media told us it's okay. Ellen DeGeneres looks like she's a great person. And so now our culture has become the word. And as I like that YouTube video that says the largest church in America, the pastor's name is Oprah Winfrey, because this is now how we believe as Americans. Let everybody have their own opinion. Let each person believe what they want to believe. Let each person take from whatever religion they want the good. Kind of like buffet religion. You like a couple sayings of Buddha, take some of those. You like a couple sayings of the Bible, take some of those. And the Bible said to Amos that the word of God would be hard to find. I think it's hard to find now. We talk to young people on high school campuses 
and we ask them about the Bible, and they don't even know the authors of the Bible anymore. But they know the starting lineup for the bears and the bulls. We ask people to recite Ten Commandments, and they can only recite two or three. They used to know that by heart. We now talk to even pastors. The statistic is the average pastor only reads his Bible one hour a week. The entire week. And Christians don't even read it but one time a week. Maybe for a few moments. My friends, Amos was dealing with a tragedy. And I think today we're dealing with that same tragedy. And I want to give you a heart today for God's Word. I want you to love God's Word more than the air you breathe and the food you eat. I want you to see how much Jesus loved God's Word. I want you to see how much the apostles, the prophets loved God's Word. And never let it out of your sight. It's a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Amen? Turn with me to Psalms 119. The longest chapter in the Bible is about what? The Word of God. Some of you already know that. Psalms 119. David said, you know what? I love God's Word so much that I'm going to take every letter of the Hebrew alphabet and write a portion of Scripture about God's Word out of every letter that the words come from. That would be like me saying, A, I love Jesus because of these reasons. B, I love Jesus because of these reasons. C, I love the Word of God because of this. If you ever wondered why Psalms 119 is so long and why there's these little marks and these mems and nuns and shamach and lamachach and krach all written above that. Do you see? Do you see? Somebody say, ach. I don't know if that's how you say it. I just had to say it. Forgive me. Look at verse 9. Beth. These are all the Hebraic alphabet. And he says, I'm going to write a passage about each one. Look at verse 9 and see how much David loved God's word. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. Now you know, if you've studied the Old Testament, there was about 400 laws. David said I could recount every single one of them. Some of you might think that's hard, but if I start saying, Come on, baby, let's do the... Y'all know the song. Don't even pretend like you don't know it. Come on, baby, let's do the... See, we know that, don't we? How many laws of God do we know? Hello? You see, David said, I'll learn the laws of God like people learn songs, like people learn sports. He said, I recount all your laws, all 400 plus of them he could recount. Verse 14, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Now, you've got to say that like you mean that this morning. One, two, three. I will not neglect your word. That means when you go home tonight, you don't go to bed until you get into this word. You don't put the football game, your friends, TV before this word. I challenge everybody to read this Bible every day at least three to five chapters. 
to fill yourself with this Word, to become consumed with this Word. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, Pastor, I'm not that religious. Let me tell you something. Inventors read this Word. Kings read this Word. Presidents read this Word. You pledge to it when you say, in God we trust. It comes from this Word. Our nation came from this Word. Are you listening to me? It's not just for pastors on Sunday. It's for mothers, construction workers. It's for everybody who wants to lead a God-productive life. David was a king, and he could conquer however he wanted, but he said, I will live by the Word. I won't live by my own thoughts and imaginations. And so what have we neglected the Word for? I want to give you some of the things that I think we've neglected the Word for. Number one, we've neglected the Word for man's opinion. And we know that everybody has opinions like arms, armpits. They're, everybody's got two of them, and they generally stink, right? Oh, well, I don't know about that, Pastor. You know, the Bible says, you know, sex before marriage is wrong. I, I don't think that that applies to me. See, that's an opinion. Oh, well, you, you know, Pastor, you know that Bible says we've got to be a part of discipleship. We, we need to learn and be taught the words we can teach us. Ah, I don't think that's for me. That's what I pay pastors to do. That's an opinion. Oh, well, Pastor, you know, I read some book. I saw some National Geographic show. I don't think we have the whole Bible. I think it's been changed. You know, people play the telephone game. You tell this person something, they'd say to another person. By the time it gets to the end, ah, it's not the Bible anymore. That's an opinion. You see, I think the first thing we've neglected the Word of God for is people's opinions, and they do stink. They stink. And they've gotten us to where we are today as a nation, and they've gotten us to, to where we are as a church. People said, well, you know, homosexuality, that was just in the Old Testament. I, I think we should be able to ordain homosexuals. Christianity is dying in America no matter how many homosexuals you would ordain. And we think that the pretty pictures of our churches that are the pretty buildings of our churches are drawing people in. No, you know when Christianity grew in America? When we preached it tight and right. When pastors used to preach hell hot and used to preach heaven with glory, uh, hell hot and heaven with glory, that's when the church grew. Go back and read about the 1950s. That's when America was the most Christian. We put in God, we trust in the dollar, one nation under God and the Pledge of Allegiance, and watch the television shows. Leave it to Beaver. And what was the worst thing little old Beaver would do? You know, he, he told a little lie. He didn't, he didn't clean his room. You know, him and Wally snuck out one time and went to the ball game. Watch a movie today, friends, and see what the worst we can do. You know why? Because we've neglected the Word of God for our own opinion. Somebody in the 60s started smoking a little reefer and said, I don't know about that word, man. Come on, I can do it my way. And we started making presidents out of these people, Bill Clinton and people like that, who thought having fornication in the office was okay and lied under oath. And these became the leaders of our nations, people from the baby boomer generation. And we wonder why our children are going to hell in a handbasket and all of these problems. So what we do as a culture is we hire more police officers. We do all of these other things, but none of it helps. We've neglected the word for man's opinion. The second thing we've neglected the word for is false religion. Think about this. The Bible says you'll search north and south, east and west for the Word of God. You know what I thought was so funny is when I went to India to preach the gospel, we saw Americans who were going there to be a part of the tourism of worshiping other gods in those nations. And I told Pastor Mitt, I said, while we're 
coming here to teach you. There are Americans who were born in the backwoods of Arkansas, taught the Bible from knee-high, that now want to come over here and worship one of your idols. Why? Because people are now searching east to west, north and south. Do you know that America and Europe is the number one nation to be converted to Islam in? They don't want it over there. You think, you think they're going to convert people in Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Afghanistan? These people are trying to get out. These people are trying to have revolutions to get out of Islam. But only in America and in Europe right now. And this is not a conspiracy. I have the facts, wrote it in a book on Islam. Right now, Islam is the fastest growing world religion in the Western world. And we're fighting a war with terrorism and in terrorism with them. But it's not stopping people. If you go to YouTube, conversions to Islam, all of these different people, corn-fed people from the Midwest, people of all different cultures, accepting Islam. You know the number one group that's accepting it? African-Americans who used to have the highest rate of going to church are now accepting Islam higher than anything else. They're the, the most converted group of people. Guess what right now? Yoga. Hinduism is growing the most right here. Oh, yeah, go out into the suburbs. You'll see a brand-new built Indian temple that is on 30, 40, just massive acres of land. Oh, yes. You will see that people now are searching for the Word. And why? Because they neglected this. You see, because somewhere along the line they thought that this was boring. Somewhere along the line this didn't have power in their life anymore. Somewhere along the line they got contempt and comfortable with this and said, Oh, that, that, that's just the Word. I've got to look somewhere else. But no, my friend, the Word of God is always powerful to those who believe and put it to practice. That's why we're converting the Muslim nations faster than they're converting us. And we're going to win the battle of conversion. But the sad part is is that while I'm out here on the streets, I have to deal with people that have the same mindset now of people from the Middle East and from Eastern Asia because they've chose to believe that over the God of their forefathers. Somebody say, Lord, have mercy. And number three, the reason why I think people are turning from the Word of God is it's an outright attack of Satan. I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, right now, I want you to see that Satan hates the Word of God. That he'll do anything he can. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and then we'll move to chapter 4. Satan hates the Word of God. Why does he hate it? Because he knows it's powerful. As you're turning there, Hebrews chapter 4, 12 through 13 says that the Word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, separating, separating asunder, tearing apart man's soul in his own body. Meaning, when you read the Word of God, it's so powerful. It cuts right through you. It lets you know what's of God and what's not of God. It splits the fat from the meat. It shows you whose side you're really on. And if you were saying, if, if you in your little earthly mind, you've got to remember he's a devil who's been at this for thousands of years. If you were saying and you were going to tempt, what would you want to do? Get rid of the word. Get rid of the word. Come on, what, what did Nazi Germany do? They, they got rid of the Bible. Why did they have to get rid of the Bible out of their schools and start teaching their lives? Because the Bible teaches all men are created equal. It teaches that we're all supposed to love each other. So to teach that Jews are animals, to teach that Jews are like rats that can be put into those places, you have to take the Word of God out. They asked the Muslim leader, why is it you come to our country, you want to be able to pray five times a day in corporate America, you want your children to be able to stop in school to pray, but we can't even have a church in Saudi Arabia. Why is that? 
The hypocrisy. And the man answered back, because we know we're right and we don't care what anybody else has to say. Listen to me. You know why they're afraid of us preaching the word of God? It's because we'll convert Saudi Arabia to Jesus Christ and tear down Mecca and build a church there, Shikaboomba. Because they're afraid of the truth. You ask yourself a question, when I'm in my greatest sin, am I furthest from the Word? And that is true. Sin will keep you from the Word, and the Word will keep you from sin. When you were in your greatest sin, what did you hate the most? What was like nails scratching down a chalkboard? Somebody telling you, thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Somebody preaching the Word of God burned fire in you. Why? Because the Word of God is not man's opinions. It is the Word of God. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Here's the connection to Amos 8. He said in their days there will be terrible times. The word of God would not be around. Look at our times. Prophecy 2,000 years ago. See if it fits today. People will be lovers of themselves. Yes, we see that. Lovers of money, more than ever so. Cosmetic surgery, all of the debt we have. Come on, boastful, proud, abusive. And that's just what we think is funny on sitcoms. Come on. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Unholy. Without love. That's what some of y'all listened to before you got to church on your MP3 player. Come on. Let's be honest. That's what our world is. Unforgiving. Slanderous. Without self-control. Just watch Jerry Springer. Hello. Brutal. Not lovers of pleasure, but rather lovers of God. Now listen to this right here. They have a form of godliness, but they deny its power have nothing to do with them. You know what disgusts me more than anything else is somebody having a cross around their neck talking about they love God as they're living in a fornication. You know what? They may have religion, but they don't have the Word of God. Thus, they don't have the power. The Bible is not just I believe type of a book. It's not just, you know, we could all sit here and say right now, hey, do you believe in becoming a bodybuilder? This book by Arnold Schwarzenegger, Become a Bodybuilder in 60 Days. Hey, do you believe in that book? Yes, I believe in that book. That's so good for you. Does that make you Arnold Schwarzenegger? You've got to put that book to practice, baby. You've got to get up and read that thing. You've got to start doing what he did. And you see, the Word of God is the same way. It's not just, oh, I believe in that Bible on the census at the end of the year, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Czech, right? Oh, Christian. I go to Christmas service. I go to Easter service. No, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. These people do not have the word of God, but yet keep going. Chapter 3, verse 14. But as for you. Somebody say, but as for me. You see, you're not going to fall into this trap of the end times. Reality, TV, a glorifying sin, idolatry. You're not going to fall into this, Timothy. Why is Paul telling him that? Continue in what you've learned and have been convinced of because you know those from what you've learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy what? Come on, somebody say the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. How many are tired of being a dummy of the devil? How many are tired of being made a fool of by the devil? We tried it his way, didn't we? Every single one of us has a testimony. I, as a young person, grew up just like Timothy. I knew the Word of God, but what did the devil say to me? Oh, I mean, your parents taught you that? Look how much fun having sex is before marriage. But he made a fool of me when he gave me STDs. He never told me I was going to catch something. Hello? He said, man, look 
get you wanting to work nine to five at Arby's. What? Why don't you quit and break into some places? He never told me I'll get 20-some stitches because I tore my tendons in my leg when I put my foot through a glass door, breaking into a gas station. He says, you don't need school. You got it all. Just go out and make a way for yourself. He never told me that I'd be sleeping in my car in my parents' parking lot, so afraid I didn't have any place to stay and knowing that they wouldn't bring me in, but I had to stay somewhere. And for some of you, you might say, Pastor, I'm so glad you changed. You really needed it. Well, listen to me, you little super saint. Listen to me. Every time you gossiped, every time you lied, every time you just kicked back a little nightcap, every time you just did a little snooky-snooky with that person, God saw it just as sinful. And the devil lied to you. And he told you, maybe he told you a different lie. Just a little sin and you'll be okay. Just a little sin. You're not as bad as all the rest. So what? You like those soap operas. Just a little. So what? You just living with your boyfriend or girlfriend. But you know what? You loved each other and you've had children together the last 20 years. You're, you're, just, you're okay. Just stay the way you are. Let me tell you something. The devil's lying to you just like he did to me. Because he's not telling you you're going to suffer punishment. You see, you will become wise for salvation when you read this. If you neglect this, we become a fool to damnation. Hallelujah. Keep reading with me. And now he says, verse 16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Come on. How many want to be taught? Say amen. How many want to be rebuked? Say amen. How many want to be corrected? Say amen. How many want to be trained? Say amen. Well, then love your word. Carry the word and it will carry you. Work the word and it will work for you. I'm telling you, if you work it, it will work for you. Get on God's word and God will get on what you're on. He said, seek me first, and he will give you all that you're seeking. You see, today God is asking us to be trained by it. I know what it's like to be trained in weights and sports, and it's not always laughs and giggles. I know taking my wife the first time to the gym, she screamed and hollered. You know it hurts sometimes being trained, but it's for your good. Sometimes you'll read the Word of God, and it will convict you. Sometimes you'll read the Word of God and it will train you to go another direction. But do what it says. It's for your good. If you're not listening to the Word of God, then it will rebuke you. It will then tell you, I told you not to do this, but you're doing it. Now you're going to suffer punishment for it. I'm not saying that every bad thing in your life is because you didn't obey the Word of God. But I am saying a lot of bad things happen in your life because you don't obey the Word of God. And God is rebuking you. He's rebuking our nation through poverty and through a bad economy because of us not listening to how he told us to manage our government. It's a rebuke to us. You see, the rebuke is a stern, stop it. Don't go any further. It's the mother saying to the child, don't touch that. You see, it's God's way of saying, don't do that. You will suffer. Those who have been rebuked then will receive a correction. So it's not just an abusive father beating their child saying, you're so terrible, you're so bad. No, it's stop. Now let me correct you. Go play with your toys. Get married. Keep it locked up, fellas. Amen? 
Come on, do what's right. And if you're corrected by it, the Bible says the teaching becomes now your training, and now you live by it. And what, becomes, what was once hard now becomes easy. Amen? Now look at chapter 4, verse 1. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of the appearing of his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and instruction. So guess what? How are the people going to hear it? You're going to preach it. How are they going to hear it on the high school? Somebody's going to raise up and preach it in the lunchroom. How is somebody going to hear it? downtown on Michigan Avenue because you're going with the word of God. He said, Timothy, you better get corrected and rebuked and trained by it. Now take the word of God and preach it. Preach it. Preach it. If they like you, preach it. If they don't like you, preach it anyhow. Praise God. Preach it when it's nice and easy. Preach it when it's tight, but it's right. You've got to preach the word of God. Somebody say, preach it. Woo! Every single one of us are called to be preachers of God's Word. How's your coworker going to hear it? Preach to them. How is your children going to hear it? Don't wait till Sunday. Preach it to them. How is everybody on these streets going to hear it? We are going to preach it to them. It's our ministry that God has entrusted to us. I don't want to let the Word of God disappear from this generation. Been to U of I, preached it on a college campus. Been, like I said, to Boys Town, the homosexual community. Don't want to hear it. We preach it anyhow. We will preach it in any condition, at any time, in any place. Why? Because God said it will save the soul. It will make people wise. How many know some of you, right before you got saved, you were the most angry towards God? But it was the preaching coming down like a hammer that shattered your heart. Billy Graham, the great evangelist and revivalist, did a survey on all the people he had coming to his conferences who had become Christians over the time he had been doing ministry. And he began to take a survey. How many times did you hear the Word of God before you believed and received it? He found out on average it took eight encounters per person with the Word of God before they received it. So my friends, don't be discouraged because the first rejection, the second rejection, the third rejection. You see, sometimes you got to keep preaching and preaching. My mother preached to me and preached to me until the Word of God broke apart the lies of the devil. You see, the Bible says now in verse 3, for the time will come, which we're at now, when men will not put up. Somebody said they won't put up with it. With sound doctrine. They don't want the sound teaching of the Bible. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn aside their ears away from truth and turn aside to myth. When somebody says, my God would never send a person to hell. You can say to them, you are absolutely right, ma'am. Your God will never send someone to hell because they don't exist. It's a myth. Your God does not exist. Somebody says, you know what? I believe that when we get to heaven, God just makes it all right. Everybody gets a second chance and there's no punishment. My friend, you are believing the same fairy tale type mindset of Peter Pan and the Tooth Fairy. The Bible says people will turn aside to myth. 
And if you look at most of the Christian books coming out of Christendom today, what is it like? Seven steps to success. How to have a better life. How to love your puppy and your wife and your family in a white picket fence. How to have more money and enjoy it. How to become a millionaire for Jesus. And the, the world is trying to get us to believe that, that Jesus just wants you to have the American dream. That's what he died on the cross for. The American dream. You want the American dream? Well, come on down. You're the next contestant on Jesus for the American dream. Now, instead of doing altar calls, you're a sinner. You need to repent. God's wrath is against you. Now we're just giving away free balloons. How many want a free balloon? How many want a pony at your birthday? How many want to go to heaven? How many want your life to be blessed? Walk on a bed of roses singing in the rain. Just come up here and shake the preacher's hand, and you get to go on all this wonderful vacation paid for you by Jesus' blood. My friends, that is a disgrace to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that time would come, and I think we're here now. So what is the solution? Us preaching it. In closing, turn with me to Jeremiah, please. Jeremiah, chapter 23, verse 28. Somebody say, hungry for the word of God. I'm hungry for it, friends. Sure, I enjoy, you know, watching a movie, going out with my wife, playing games together and hanging out with my friends, but, but I'm hungry for God's Word. This life can't satisfy me, friends. I don't care if you offered me $100 million. It can't satisfy. Some people say, well, I live for my family. How many know families can't satisfy? How many know people have families and they're still not happy? Some people say, sex, that's all I need, Pastor. How many know there's a lot of people having sex but aren't happy? It's God's Word, my friends. There's a stirring in the soul of man to answer the questions. Why am I here? What am I doing? What happens after death? All of these things the Bible answers. Chapter 23 of Jeremiah, like I said, he came before Amos. And there were people leading the Israelites aside with all their opinions and demonic spirits and all those things we just talked about. And so he was going to preach the word of God. Start in verse 28 of chapter 23. He says, let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream. It's kind of like saying, Oprah Winfrey, she's got a book. Let her tell her book. These, these fancy preachers, they got TV shows. Let them have their TV show. He says, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. He says, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. I'm going to say that again. Let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. You know what? Let me tell you the secret of Pastor Joe's success. I don't have up with me, you know, Johnny the Clown and a giraffe up here and 50 illustrations and a cute little video presentation and a choir. You know why we win souls? is because we preach the word faithfully. You know why we're in India today? It's not because we go out there and bribe them all with a free Bible and free car washes or whatever. We preach the Word of God faithfully. You know how the church has grown for 2,000 years? When we preach the Word faithfully. You know when the church begins to decrease? When we try to bring gimmicks with the Word of God. The Bible doesn't need a gimmick. Come get the Word of God and a free pony. Get the Word of God and... No, it's get the Word of God or perish. It's get God's Word and live. It's get God's word and be blessed it's god's word alone he said it i believe it that settles it Woo! 
I'm tired of trying to bribe people to the church like we've got to sit up here and become Lee Iacocca, win friends, influence people, become business people, become part uh, talk show host, part comedian, tell you a joke about growing up on the farm. I'll tell you what I'll give you every week. The Word of God. And guess what it will do? It will teach, rebuke, and correct and train you so you can be thoroughly equipped to do the works of a mighty woman of God or a man of God. So pray for me, your pastor, that I'll keep preaching as I pray for you to keep preaching His Word faithfully. And look what God says. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. God will shatter the hardness of heart like a hammer coming down on a rock. He will shatter addiction with His Word like a hammer coming down on a rock. He will shatter marriage trouble. He will shatter homosexuality. He will shatter youth violence. He will shatter depression. He will shatter sickness, disease by His Word like a rock being hit by a hammer. Would you stand up with me today, please? I'm hungry for God's Word. I hope that some of you right now You feel like the way I do when mama gets to cooking lasagna. I can smell it. And I start getting hungry. I start peeking around the kitchen. And I start putting my hands in stuff. Band, would you come please? And what does mom say? It's going to be ready. But I say I'm hungry. What was Sunday? What was this Sunday supposed to do? Get you hungry. Get you hungry. So you go out this week. And every day of your life, and you start saying, man, i got to devour this word. i got to devour this word. i got to read this word. I want to memorize this word. I will not neglect this word. I want to get you hungry as a people for this word. I thank God that in this church, that if I don't bring the word, you're disappointed. I thank God that so many of you who have come from other churches have come up to me after service. And you said, Pastor, thanks for preaching the Word. I thank God for emails and people who have visited us or watched us online and say, Pastor, thanks for preaching the Word. I've never pretended to be the best among preachers. I've never tried to be the greatest among those who are doing the same thing I'm doing. I just said, God, I want to be a preacher. Why? Because the Word of God is what gives life. I want you to put this scripture up, Andrew, so they can see it in closing. Matthew 4, 4. Remember when Jesus walked the earth? He had a temptation with the devil, didn't he? He had a run-in with him, didn't he? And uh, the devil had a technique with him, didn't he? The devil attacked the Word. Remember that? Some of you don't. You're going to see it now. But those of you who remember, say amen. What does the devil hate the most? He hates the Word. Now, Jesus was the Word in flesh. That means everything that's been spoken to us by the prophets has come from Jesus' own thoughts and mind. He is the spoken Word of God to us. And just go up a little bit further, verse 1. I want you to see the context of this because this is how you and I will be tempted. As we got excited, and man, I was up here as a preacher, I'm like, come on, baby! Oh, let's preach! I preach, you say, man, I preach. Let's get excited! And something just, boom, hit me right in my heart. Tell them, are they going to be that excited when they go home this week? God just hit me right there. 
Ask them, are they going to be that pumped up when they're by themselves? You see, because here was Jesus all by himself, and he gets led out to be tempted. You're going to be tempted. No doubt about it. And the devil attacks the word. Look what happens. Then Jesus was led into the desert by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. After 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Where did that come from? Jesus was the Son of God according to the book of Daniel chapter 7. He is the Ancient of Days that comes with the God of glory worshipped by the nations. What does the devil say? Are you really what the Bible says you are? Are you really what God says you are? Doesn't that sound like how you and I get tempted? The devil comes up to you. Did you really get changed in that service? Did God really do something in your family? Is your life really changing? Come on, you could have done this on your own. Is it really worth giving your time? You really need that money. Are you who God says you are? Are you what the Bible says? Now look what Jesus' answer is. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Ah, feed me, Jesus. Woo! Put some hot sauce on it. I want it all. Every word. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Praise God. Good to my soul and good to my marriage. Thou shalt not covet. Mm, getting good, Jesus. Because you're going to bless me with the things that I need. Hallelujah. Pray. Yes, Lord, I'll pray at all times without ceasing. Because you're going to give me what I need. Be thankful and rejoice. I'll praise you, O God. Mm, good to my soul. Don't be around the wicked. Don't stay in the way of the mocker. Be in the seat of sinners. But delight in the word of God. Oh, God, that's good to my soul. Honor your parents. Yes, Lord, good to my soul. Worship my Father in spirit and truth. Yes, Lord. Speak in tongues, cast out devils. Shika, boomba. Woo! Tastes like pizza, Jesus. Love it. Are you hungry for it? Because the only way you're going to live is by His Word. When this preacher's done preaching, you're only going to have His Word. It's lasted a lot longer than me. You know that's lasted a lot longer than our country, our government. It will be, the Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will remain forever. My friends, let's get hungry for it. Father, I thank you today for your Word. Would you just thank Him right now, those of you who just love Him in this place? We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your Word sent your word and healed my disease oh god it's a light into my path it's health to my bones oh god lord we thank you for it today i pray today god that our hunger increases that our appetite increases that god we study it if we call metro praise our home church we'll be discipled by it Find a leader before you leave here today and start the process of discipleship through Connect Mentor and saying, God, we pray for it to be what we live by. God, I pray right now for families to be based on it. I pray for the foundation of families to be based on it. 
The husband, the head, the wife serving the husband. The husband loving his wife as Christ loves the church. The wife serving her husband as the church does Christ. Children obeying their parents as unto God so that they may live a long life. I pray for families to be based on it. Oh, Father God, I pray for a culture to be based on it. To fear God, to hate evil, to live by righteousness and justice. I pray America gets back to it. I pray our schools are founded on it again. I pray that they're taught to be kind to their neighbor because the Bible says so. I pray, oh God, they stop cutting themselves because they love who you made them to be because they can say, yes, I know Jesus loves me for the Bible tells me so. God, I pray for churches to be founded on it again. Churches to call a sin a sin and to call righteousness what it is. Before we leave out of here right now, 30 seconds, you and God, tell him three things you want him to do in his word in your life right now. Maybe you want to start to read it and understand it. Say, God, help me understand it this week. Come on, three things. What do you want from his word? Some of you got issues in your family. God, I want your word to put my house in order. Come on, maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Maybe you've already received prayer for blessing. Just say, God, teach me how to live a blessed life. Teach me by your word, God. Some of you want to be in the ministry. We have a Bible college here. You want to change the world for Jesus. Say, God, teach me how to be the ministry you've called me to be in my first year, second year, third year, how to be faithful. Come on, 15 more seconds. You and Jesus, speak your word, Lord. We're asking for it to speak to us now. You've already spoken it. Now we're asking you to speak it to us. We're here. We're listening. You said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Give us faith for the impossible. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're going to sing this song in closing. I'm coming your way. And as we're singing this song in closing, if you need to pray at this altar, you can. We'll dismiss after this song, but if you want to just sing it from where you're seated, that's fine. But I want us to put it in worship now, just saying, God, I'm coming your way. We open this altar if anyone needs to pray and seek the Lord for their life today. Jesus. come elders and deacons just look for some to pray for as they come to lay hands on you if you have a special need just let them know no one's here to judge you if not they'll just pray that what you're asking God for will come to pass Jesus we're coming your way as a declaration today we're going to follow the paths of righteousness don't hide your word from us God speak it to our hearts Jesus, come in your way, Lord. sin in your heart, repent of it. The Word says you'll be forgiven. Come on, if you got an issue, confess the Word. You'll be helped. Come on, and then declare it. I'm coming your way, Jesus.
dismissed from here, never from his presence or his word, because we hid it in our heart. Would you pray that we'll live according to that word, that we'll never neglect it, and that through this revolution here, it will bring a Holy Ghost Bible revolution, word of God revolution, all around this world as we preach it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We pray that your word would be like a fire in us, oh God. Lord, we pray that you would consume us, Lord, that you would burn away the chaff, burn away the junk, the love of this world, oh God, and that love would be turned unto you and your word, Father. We pray that your word, Jesus, would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, Christ. Though, Lord, we would cling to your word, O oh God, more than we cling to any other thing, Jesus. Though, Lord, we would find ourselves, find our rest, find our peace, find our direction in life in your word, O oh God. So we claim that each and every person, God, that heard your message today, O oh God, that we would choose in our hearts to serve you. We would choose in our hearts to pick up your word, O oh God, the truth and live by it, O oh God. I pray that, Lord, we would feel conviction when we go against your word, that we will feel conviction when we don't preach your gospel, O oh God. We pray that you would be a fire, Jesus, consuming us, oh God. And Lord, we pray that we would preach your word. May we be faithful to preach the truth, oh God. We pray that each and every one of us would have, God, that spirit of evangelism, oh God. That we would go wherever we are, oh God, and we would preach your truth, oh God. Whether they fail to receive it or whether they receive it, oh God. The Lord would be faithful, oh God, to the calling of preaching it, oh God. Jesus, we pray, oh God, that this city would hear your words. We pray that this nation would hear your words. We pray that this world would hear your words, oh God. And that it would not only hear, but obey it, oh God, and bow down to it, oh God, and serve you, Christ. You are the Lord of all creation. You are the Lord of this earth, oh God. And we pray that we would bow to you, oh Jesus. Pierce our hearts, oh God. Break us to pieces, Jesus. By your word, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Slap your neighbor high five and say, I'm hungry. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Stay hungry.